Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and a very warm welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In this season, I will sit down and chat to 16 pretty interesting people to discuss pregnancy, parenting and everything in between. On this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me, I sit down with Anna Daly, TV presenter, founder of Little Bliss by Anna and mum of three. In this episode, we discuss pregnancy loss. Take care if you've been affected. So there's all sorts of women that I'm having on this podcast from various um, areas of media industry and landscape and then the wellness area. But this woman I really wanted to get on because I see her at things and from afar and I kind of get close enough. And then I'm, I, I, But I don't know if I know her well enough. And that's why I was like, I really want to speak to her because she just seems gorgeous. So Anna Daly, TV presenter and broadcaster, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Very welcome. Um, mother of three me. boys and just, you know, now running your own business and entrepreneur. Like you're absolute... You're formidable, as my mum would say. So I really wanted to get you on because I feel like I always know you, but I don't know you. And that's why I thought, let's have a chat. I love so, your curiosity. Well, yeah, thank nosy, you for having me. Very nosy. I think your... you're very interesting. And yeah. I know people that know you very well and are so mad about you. So it's oh. such a, I think you're just very liked. That's just always that to common. Hear. The, yeah, I think you're very well liked. So, yeah. Anyway, welcome. I'll take all of that, yes, Rebecca. No, thank please, you. please, welcome. <laughs> and you've been around in our psyche, like you've been on our our you know, screens for years and years and you've kind of pivoted in various ways and you're still doing lots of that. But, you know, you've a busy old life. But talk to me, you have three boys. Tell me what age they are. What age is them? So uh, James is 11. Ewan is nine, going on 10 next week. And Reese is six. Do you feel the nonsense of it flies by is kind of like... I feel like when I used to see you at things at my baby, you had babies. Yeah. And you were at all those, you know various pregnancy fairs or launches and you were there and now you have an 11 year old do you feel it flies or is it kind of all oh I think it disappears in a heartbeat and that's such a cliche Mm. and you know you would have heard your own parents say that you hear people saying it all the time but suddenly when you have a child in double figures, it yeah. feels like, and, and you feel like it's really aging to you yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Because um, they're coming into their teens. Suddenly you're like, oh God, I'm not the mum of toddlers anymore. You know, I'm not carrying baby weight anymore because I've got bigger children now, you know. It's like a new, a new phase of your life. Um, it's still mad busy. I mean, if I never did another thing, you know, having, having, and I, I I'm kind of hesitant to say having three children because I think once you have one child, your time is not your own anymore. This podcast with Anna Daly is sponsored by Caldecine. Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin and being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undesilinate. Always read the label. Your life is not your own. No, Mm. and no matter what you do, where you go, you know, even when you do take time out to do girls trips or, you know, you know, drop off to Dundrum and, you know, you get a text from your husband going, you know, take your time, uh, which is always lovely. I still feel like I'm on borrowed time as a mother. I never would have felt that before. You're always on the clock. Even if you go out to do something, you'd rush back sooner. You'd always rush and the guilt is always there, even if you're the most chill person ever. Exactly. Um, But you've three boys. So I feel like the gender thing is such a random conversation. Like, doesn't matter who cares. Are they different? Are they not different? And there's always that kind of age old girls 
girls rack your head, boys rack your house. And I don't know any different because I grew up in a house of three women. Um, my sister has three girls. I have two girls now and it seems to just have followed this kind of trend. You know, do you see the differences? Are your boys more easygoing? Are there nature? Do you watch all of that or do you not even subscribe to that nonsense? I think, first of all, they're all very different people and that's not shocking because we're all completely individuals, aren't we? But you expect your children to turn out a version of you and then when they're totally different or they don't have all of your traits, it's kind of shocking almost, you know, um, to realise one of your kids is quite a selfish character, for example. You're like, oh, God, that's not great now, you know? Like, (laughs) that's not something I, you know, feel I am. So why is he, you know? Um, But they're all very different, um, very conscious that we we live in a house of boys and I am the only girl. Um, I like to remind them that I'm the queen of the house. I should be, you know, treated like their princess. Oh, my God, because I was going to (laughs) say you're such a feminine. Um, But I always find myself, probably on a daily basis, saying to them, you know, you never know if they're talking about girls in the class or, you know, there was a drama with the girl. Uh, I'm always very conscious of saying to them, you've no idea what the girls are going through because... You know, life is tougher as a girl in school. You know, I'm thinking of my 11-year-old now and he's still, you know, being a goofball, you know, tripping up his friends in the yard, rolling down hills, you know. They're goofy. Boys are kind of goofy and silly. And I can see that the girls are the same age, but they're they're questioning things. They're much more curious. Their bodies are going through all sorts of changes. So, you know, I'm not at the stage yet where I need to get into gigantic mm, details, totally. but I am conscious of letting my boys know that they need to start being respectful of everything that girls are from a very early stage. God, we salute you because is this not what we're all trying to do is to right the traumas or right the wrongs of generational legacy? You know, we talk about it a lot. Like, I think even with bringing up my daughters now, being conscious, not saying, be good girl, be a nice girl, be sweet, be pretty. Shh. Uh, now, give the man a hug. All the stuff that we learned as children that perhaps didn't really serve us and wasn't fab. Um, and I, I find myself sometimes saying, do you say hi to him? And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? She doesn't want to. She's not comfortable in this space. Her, And it's interesting you're saying you've got these gorgeous boys and they're fun and they're whimsical, but maybe aren't analysing as much. And you're kind of saying to them, be careful. of, And you're doing that. And that's that's your, that's what you're feeling your responsibility is. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're trying to get the timing right. You know, James needs those reminders. He's 11. Ewan is nine, nearly 10. But there's a huge gap there. Yeah, there's a huge gap. Ewan yeah. doesn't necessarily need those little. He's not there yet. Little, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to deliver those kind of gentle sound bites without it hijacking our day in any shape or form or hijacking a meal. Mm-hmm. But just constantly nudge away about the fact that girls can be different girls can be going through different things and we always need to respect that and their wives or you know male husband or whatever down the line will thank you for being a goddess (laughs) absolutely my god you'd be thanked I think we're all saying it now about mothers and all we're like why was this not done or why was this not said did you always I know that you are super talented at what you do but did you always want to have a big family or did you just want to have a family and see how you got on no I saw myself Rebecca as having a boy and a girl and you know as I you know got to the stage of getting married and thinking about family like innocently I genuinely thought that's what I'll have. I'll have a boy and a girl. Yeah. Um, 
almost to the point where I could like go online and order this kind of, you know, um, cookie cut out. What you cut, cookie cut out? Um, what do they call the, the family? The the perfect family u- unit, the gentleman's like family. The gentleman's family, yeah. Such an old fashioned term, yes. isn't it? Um, She'll look like me. He'll look like him. And when I had my second boy, yeah. Do you know, it's because you're like such a, you are stunned. such a feminine glam. And I know that you're also loads of other <clears throat> wonderful things, you know, smart, entrepreneurial, enterprising, you know, all. But you are also that. And so I guess you probably saw yourself as like you said, having this. And I think I was the same. I saw myself. I taught in a secondary school for many years before I got into media, boys boarding school. And I thought I will be the boy <clears throat> mom bringing them to the rugby and they will adore me. Yes. And I'll be this and I'll be the matriarch and it's going to be. And I remember dying when I heard that I was having I was like listen thrilled and all of those things to be pregnant but I remember being very shocked and then to have a second girl um, and the, the the drama and the difference of that is just really interesting yeah. um, and knowing I grew up in it and knowing um, I do remember when I had pregnancy loss being told by a doctor it's not a fact but he said some women just can't carry boys so it's just interesting now it was a throwaway comment but he said it, it is the case that some women can't um Carry a certain sex. Yes. Yeah. Now, I've, whether I've that's that actually before. a definitive scientific, but I remember my losses, he was like, I think some of these have been boys. Okay. So it is interesting, the gender thing. We, we're not meant to talk about it, but then people talk about gender disappointment and then people talk about how wonderful it is having boys because life is just maybe a little bit... And then the dramas are, And just all of that. And I think it is an interesting road to, to go down. Absolutely. Whatever happens with your children, whatever they choose in their life, it's still interesting. Yeah, and it's, a, it's the ultimate leveller and a reminder that you can't decide anything anything around children or family, really, you know. And I think when you're pregnant, because I used to used to hear, you know, mums saying, oh, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl. I just want them to be healthy. And oh, I know. you never understand that until you actually are pregnant. And then you realise all the risks and you Google things and you think that everything's going to go so bad. And when it does go so bad, then your expectations are really low and you become so worried for the next pregnancy, uh, which has certainly happened to me as well. But you, you realise that that line is so true. If you have a healthy baby... You just feel so lucky. All of that goes out the window. All out of the, the expectation. And the, yeah. Did you enjoy being pregnant? Did you vibe it? Did you love it? Did you have heart pregnancies? I, uh, on my first two pregnancies, miscarried. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't uh, know that. No, I haven't spoken about that before. I'm so sorry. Um, and I've watched people in the public eye speak about so it. before, James. Yeah. And... Um, I have watched people in the public eye speak about it and and I watched Catherine Thomas on The Late Late and I thought she's amazing to be able mm. to do that because I wouldn't have been strong enough to do it mm. or I wouldn't have been able to string a sentence or together about it. didn't want to talk it. about it maybe. Didn't or? want to share it. Uh, you know, didn't want it to define me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, didn't want yeah. people to look at me with a sad face. Yeah. Go God love her. Yeah. Um, but most of all, I, I felt great admiration for people who were able to speak about it because they were no doubt helping others, but they were able to string a sentence together and articulate themselves. And I found that really hard for a long time. So my first pregnancy uh, was lost around six or seven weeks in. So it was do you very early. It well? Oh, God, yeah, I do. I do. And it was very painful, physically painful. Mm. Um, and I remember trying to get hold of my husband at the time and we were so excited. And I presume you were working, you were busy. Yeah, I was and uh, ended up in Hollis Street and it ended up in the, you know, one in five 
pregnancies don't work out, which was an absolute shock to me. Oh, me too. Um, and I moved on from it, obviously very sad and, you know, grieved and would burst into tears, as would my husband randomly, you know, in the days, weeks, months that followed. So got pregnant for a second time. And the second time was the hardest one because it was the morning of my cousin's wedding and I was bridesmaid and I hadn't shared with everyone. Yeah, well, my husband knew, my mom knew on the trip. My mom and dad were on the trip because it was a family wedding. We're in Italy and I was a bridesmaid on the morning of, you know, the, you know, that excitement in a hotel suite with, um, you know, the hair and the makeup people there and the champagne corks popping and I could feel the same cramps that I had the first time round. And I just knew in my heart of hearts. Yeah. And what worried me the most was, at least I was able to go to the bathroom. My mom was able to, you know, be called quite quickly to help me. Um, my cousin was gorgeous about it. I mean, this was her special day. And she was saying, like, you do not need to be a bridesmaid today. Forget about it. Yeah, just go- a gorgeous person. Um, and... Where am I now? Um, (laughs) Trying to pull myself together. Uh, The saddest part of that morning for me was, I think I'll probably never have children now because this isn't the one in five. Mm. This is two out of two. Mm. So it probably means, because your mind just goes straight to worst case scenario. It's a very negative negative thought. I'll never have children now because there's Mm. no way people would miscarry twice in a row. You know, the stats thing that Hollis Street had told me is is not applicable mm-hmm. now, you know. Yeah. Two out of two. Um, so listen, I got on with it with the support of Did you ben stay on that trip or did you go? I put the dress on and I, I was the you bridesmaid. I was, yeah. Um, and I was glad I did, actually. You and needed I'm still to have glad. that I look back on it and think I was very sad. I remember the speeches happening and everyone clapping and it's such a happy day, you know. It's... What did Ben think? Did he want you just to go? Did he? No, I think he was glad I was able to pull it together. And and he was so supportive as well. Yeah. You know, I'll stay here with you. What do you want to do? Um, I wanted to put the dress on. I wanted to be the bridesmaid that day for my cousin. She'd waited a long time to get married. It was a really special yeah. day. It was all our family together. Um, and I thought I'll kind of almost park the tears yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. until we get home. Mm-hmm. And then did I came home. Did you fall apart? And probably fell apart for a while. Um, But, you know, having a job and being busy and being back on Ireland AM and no one would know, it's kind of good for me. 100%. Not for everyone, but not for everyone, but for certain types of people, it's very helpful to be busy. It was, you know, I had to turn up somewhere. You know, the nature of being on the telly, a TV presenter is, it doesn't really matter what's going on. But it's responsible too. You have to keep things trucking and on. Yeah. You can't just check out. No, you can't. And I'd fear if I checked out that I'd really check out, do you know? And then you really don't want to go to work and you really don't want to face the world. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, bit by bit. Did you tell people in work? I didn't really. I I, I told uh, the executive producer, Victoria, at the time, who's become a great friend. And um, she was amazing. Uh, But no, I just kept it very quiet. And I would have loved to articulate it. Mm. I just knew I'll be a ball of tears and sadness on a show that we're supposed to be like, good morning. Sure. <laughs> it's and not it's, really it's, fitting, it's, it's, you know? it's hard to do. It's hard to be all things to all people, isn't it? It's hard to be like Anna Daly helping other women talk about their truths, but also Anna Daly, who's got to keep a show on the road, which is a pretty high intense breakfast show. It's a hugely successful show, but also Anna Daly that has to pivot to this and be like, 
I think it's hard. I think we can be hard on each other when we're saying we should all be really authentic and honest about all of our things. Well, sometimes it's not actually the right time. No, and sometimes you'd love to be, you know, authentic and honest and articulate your story, but you're just not able to. But it's also private. Sometimes yeah. it's not for everyone Or you're else. just not there yet because you're navigating this time of, will I ever become a mother? Actually, this is a really scary, you know, sad time for me and my family, you know? So I suppose being in work and pretending everything is okay is kind of good for you yeah. while you deal with it behind the scenes, you and know? And did you still believe it's not going to work for us. Were you quite in a dark place about having a family at that stage? I did, but I kind of took the pressure off me getting pregnant, us getting pregnant. And we just said, look, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, and then we went on to have James, Ewan, Reese, perfectly With healthy. No interruptions in between. No, no, no interventions, you know, we just went. So actually, if this gives anyone hope that they have several miscarriages, you know, there was nothing actually standing in my way. I thought I was going to get some kind of a diagnosis that sure. said, you know, you have this problem sure. or this issue or an underlying X, Y or Z. Um, but there was none of it. Same. So we went I on had, to I have had three. loads of miscarriages, well, not loads, but I had an ectopic and miscarriages and I thought I'm going to have to get a lot of help. This may not happen naturally. And it did. And I've also said that to women and then they there can sometimes be sometimes a bit of offense taken. Well, that's great for you. That hasn't been the case. And that's fine, too. Yes. And all things can be true at once, as we say. But like, I do think you're correct. There is a hope there because there's a hopelessness in, like you said, the one happens. It's devastating. But you're like, pick ourselves back up. We can do this. We've gotten pregnant before. Okay, so there's no problem there. And then when it happens again, there is a darkness you're bereft, you're like, why is this happening? Um, You're grieving the baby that you could have. But then you do start to think, I won't be able to do this. And then when you can, there is hope. And I think it's important to share that. Like we're allowed to say that there is hope. Um, Because I remember a lot of my friends going, did you end up getting IVF for Simona? Did you? And privately asking me like it was hush hush. And I said, no, I would have told you. I would have been very vocal. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm a gaping wound. Like I would have said to you. And I said, no, we were just I think we chilled out a bit yeah and I know that's not a medical word but we just took like you said took the strain off this want and we took it down a notch yeah and it happened and we're really lucky that's not the case for everyone and I had one tube gone and all that kind of stuff but I'm delighted for you and that's yeah what, thank you, you sorry you just hard. reminded me the consultant did put me on aspirin yes, now same. whether that fixed it same. or not or whether that was just a you know tweak that was needed or not yeah. who knows I but have a friend who did the first aspirin trial way back in Ireland when it was brought in because it had come from America and because she had a blood clotting disorder and she was put on the trial. She was part of the trial. And when I said to her, she goes, what did you do? I said, I was put on aspirin for the pregnancy and progesterone. And she goes, why was the progesterone? I said, it was to make my lining of my womb really thick because it was an issue there, which they discovered. Mind you, I didn't have it with my first child. So remember, I'd gotten pregnant previously and that would have been fine. And the aspirin was just to keep the clotting. And she said, they are remarkable drugs. And I was like, really? I just felt like I was doing it to say yes to the doctor. And she goes, no, yeah. they're, so that is very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Well, Amazing. It's not just a nothing. You know, aspirin is not just a nothing. No, it's not. And it seems like such a regular yeah. day to day. Yeah, I'm just taking aspirin. Yeah. Yes, and did you exactly. take that for the whole pregnancy? Uh, up until a certain point. Okay. Um, this, this is like, you know, when you move out of a particular 
you know, phase in baby toddler children world and someone says, how, mu- how many milliliters did you give? And you're like, oh, jeez, I have no idea. Oh, I, fed that I only baby. know today. <laughs> that baby was fed. I know, I know, so I know. So up until a certain, maybe 30 weeks, I think I took aspirin. And that seemed to do be, the trick. Yeah. Whether it did Whether or it didn't, did or you didn't. don't know. Yeah, exactly. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And yeah. did you go to Hollis Street? Where were you? What hospital were you uh, in? Our first two kids. So I went to a consultant uh, af- after the second mm. miscarriage uh, who was recommended to me uh, in Mount Carmel. Okay. Oh, that and was the Mount Carmel days. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. And then I had James and Ewan in Mount Carmel wow, because okay. obviously I started with that consultant yes. and then you just kind of stay under the yeah. guy you're trusting. Yeah. Um, and then when Reese came along, Mount Carmel was gone. So yes. it was into Hollis Street. Okay. And good experiences? Uh I would say a fast experience with Reese Halloween night, and yeah, yeah there was a, a fast drop off to oh my God. parents with the other two kids in their jammies, uh, and into Hollis Street, and um, yeah, there was no time for an epidural. Frightening. Yeah, it's a typical third child. Yeah, though, isn't just it? flew out. Flew out. <laughs> Dignity Not left to be at the too door. visceral, but flew out. Yeah. God love you. Yes. Yeah. So I was horrified o- over that for a few weeks at least, but then delighted actually that you know it was just he was here. He was there and everything was okay. Well, my first was a was a flyer. And so then, I don't know, does that um, reverse that whole age old? It was an absolute flyer to the point that I went into the hospital saying I'm in labour and they said, oh, sweetheart, it's your first baby. You're probably not. It's like, I'm pretty sure, like, I can't walk. My husband's, ca- I mean, I, yeah, I know, but it's going to take a while. with her. And I remember they brought me up and did a little thing and they go, your water's broken, you're seven oh, centres diamond. And I was, that was it. She was. Knew. Gosh, the pain was insurmountable, and I was trying to do that thing of playing it down because I th- I've quite a good pain threshold. So I thought, pretty bad, Jason. The pain's been going on for four hours because I stayed at home, and then we went in, and so I was full blown. She was out, and then the second wow. punished me for a long time. Yeah, she, the waters broke during Love Island, which I think is just so funny. <laughs> is this her life now? We don't even watch it, but we were watching it to try and take my mind off everything, and they broke, and I was like. Okay, I think I'll go in because she'll be fast because she's the second. We got in there and it was in a good old show. And it was days, wasn't no, it? Geez. Oh, jeez. She just, they, they be, I got thick and fast contractions, then nothing. Then, anyway, it was gas, but not so gas. He was in the car because it was COVID times. But um, oh, that's even harder. Oh, it's just interesting, the whole yeah. thing. Do you feel all of that loss? And I'm so sorry. And thank you for sharing. You didn't have to. And by the no, way, just to say, Listen. I didn't even know what Anna would talk. I actually just stalked Anna and said, come on, I want to talk to you. Um, so thank you for sharing that no like problem. it's not that easy or cut and dry and it is a personal thing to you and I have other women in the media who I know have had the same experience and are kind of like I just don't want to go there and it's very interesting what you say about and this won't happen with this case because you have all of these things that have happened since but I do remember when I spoke about it and I'm a much lesser known person to you but I remember writing an article about how it happened in work and it did happen to me in work and how I just couldn't think about it because I was so devastated and really wanted that baby and I, mm-hmm. so I kind of pretended it wasn't happening and I wrote about it in the paper um, about how I lost my baby in work and when it became that headline it was kind of I felt a bit dirty it was like lost my baby in work and got on with it and I remember thinking why did I speak about it and then that became my thing for a while where women would come and tell me their story and I was and trust you with sure their, and it yeah. was just a, uh, like I said I was a gaping wound and I did a podcast about it and I think I just wanted to get it out I was so lost yeah um, and I've since realized yes it was really helpful to other women and I'm really bloody glad I spoke about it but I also don't want it to just be that thing of so course, it is interesting there's so many facets to you but it it's is interesting. probably what makes people trust you maybe and maybe op- or there's a relation to you maybe you know did it 
were you and Ben great? Did you struggle through it? Did you get counselling or did you just get on with it? Were you we the typical? We didn't actually know. We, we, we moved on, but we cried. And I think it's like, you know, that that grieving process you see families go through where one person is falling apart, the other is strong. And it's like these <laughs> roller coaster yes. waves, isn't it? When one person is down, the other is able to. It's like to having a new baby. It's even now how one of us is always up and yeah. one's down. Like this morning, one has I was more a energy wreck, than the 100%, other. And you have to um, pick each other up off and, the floor. And every so often, I would look at Ben during this particular time of sadness and, and he would just burst into tears. He sounds and, incredible. And then I'd be. The, the kind of strong one going do you know this but is going to be okay not all men are empathetic I think it's important to note that's incredible he sounds very much in touch with his not all men are able to yeah he felt it yeah no he did he felt it sounds like he and did and I think we had waited a few years after we got married um, same yeah you know Tab so Babas, yeah. yeah and then when it doesn't happen it's oh, damn it did we wait too long did we wait too long it's did, a lot of blame know? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a real thinker and, and I think he was so supportive to me and people rush to the woman obviously I mean sure. it's our body but I, I do genuinely think the, the lads can be forgotten in the mix of it do you know That's it is their loss too vital point you know they're changing their whole world they're, they're planning in their head as soon as you realise you're pregnant as well do you know mm-hmm. um, so it is their loss as well and we have to remember that this podcast with Anna Daly is sponsored by Caldecine Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin and being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of Caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undesilinate. Always read the label. How do you find parenting? How do you love it? How do you do you really fully are you one of those fully fully all in moms? Like could you just throw yourself into it or are you kind of zen or what kind of what how do you describe yourself? I don't know what kind of a mother I am. I hope I'm the kind of mother that my kids talk to. They certainly talk to me at the moment and and I hear all sorts of stories, especially at bedtime when they're trying to stall the bedtime. Uh stay so up a bit fun. later. You get the best <laughs> stories then, don't you? You get the gossip. Um like, listen, I'm like every other mother. I've calm moments. I have moments where I'm like, I am all over this stuff. And then I've days where I'm losing my shit. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, uh, I've said shit a few <laughs> times today. Losing my shit <laughs> and is screaming at them at the drop of a hat and feeling guilty about it later, especially when you look at their little hands or their little face when they're asleep in bed. They're actually little. You're and like, God, I thought you were a full-blown adult. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, God, you're six. And I roared at you today. Oh, you know, the guilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think we're all the same, yeah. aren't we? Trying to do our best. Some days you do better than others. And you just hope overall that, you know, they're not, they're not scarred for life by the meltdowns you have every so often. Are you kind of glad of the fact that you had this hugely busy and your career is hugely busy now, but it's it's in your control a little bit more? Would that be fair to say? Like you were totally you were on the clock. Yeah. Right. So you're in a company, you know, um, full blown scheduled in to do this, this, this and showbiz and you're there and then you have to promote this and you do. And that's great. But that's a wheel. OK, so that's yeah. this. And so that's kind of changed a little bit because of the move from Virgin Media. And do you find you're enjoying your your camera about parenting or is it completely not 
that's just something you can't even... I, I feel like there's more balance. Not that anyone ever gets the balance perfect, perfect every week or every day, but I think there's more balance in my life now, for sure. Um, I get more sleep, which is really? a huge help in terms you're of... Not you're not up early. Okay, sorry, yeah, um, well, you're not up early, early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what happened to me was I took a job on Ireland AM and it was an amazing job to get pre-children, right? Okay. And that the pace that I did that job at was was the pace of someone without any commitments, right? Without the need for anyone to cover me. That's so interesting, yeah. And I could drop things at the drop of a hat. I could be on a red eye flight. You know, they could they could text me the night before and we would have gotten a great exclusive in London with whatever star. And I'd be able to just be on that flight without checking with anyone, without having to arrange childcare. So it was a brilliant job. It was fast. It was exciting. It was actually, it was the reporter role, but it was actually much more exciting than the kind of cushy anchor than role there. than you would think that you would think is the better gig. Hundred percent. And Sinead Desmond used to joke with me, going, "You're getting all the all the because fun stuff because you are. You're so running many. around. You're in the fanciest of hotels." I would have said that too. Yeah. You know, you're meeting the most incredible people. You're sending back the best clips. You're so excited, you know, to see how it's edited or you'll get back yourself and carve it up. And, you know, it's it was fast. It was exciting. You could do 12 hour days and not even question it. But children come along and then you can't quite do all of that. Did you take you need some kind each? of I took six months on each of them. OK. Uh, and straight back not into it long. and was excited to go back to it, okay. I have to say. And, and I had my mom who volunteered to mind my children when I went back to work, which was a huge uh, positive for me in terms of returning to the workplace because I didn't have any Because you were worried about childcare, yes. Yeah. You know, it was just throwing them into her house. They Full were, time, like she did the mornings until yeah, you got home? Yeah, everything, yeah. Oh, and wow. It was just brilliant. And, and it was her suggestion. Um, so, you know, we were all very comfortable with it. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah, so I needed to carve out a new structure for myself once baby, I think, number two came along. So that's when I started pitching for the was idea. Was that when things changed? Because I feel with baby yeah, number probably. two, things change. I yeah. think baby one, number one, like you said so eloquently earlier, of course it's crazy. You have a, a human being. But I definitely have found the one to two a massive difference. It's a bigger ask when you're looking for help. It's just you know, a there's two of them, two personalities. And, the, and they're different stages. So one might need to be picked up in a different place, or it's more complex. Um, so yeah, I started thinking, the anchors go nowhere. The anchor gig is the one I need, not just because I'm ambitious and I want to climb the ladder, which you know, but for security, that's the gig I need. And she was nailing the gig and going nowhere. So I kind of, and, and I say this, I was in Trinity College recently a place I didn't get the points to go to in the first place and then they invited me in to so talk. I'm like, really? Things. Really? You want my <laughs> advice? Are you sure? Anyway, what I said to them was, you need to kind of take a step back in a workplace sometimes and go, the job that I want doesn't exist because she's going nowhere, right? So I need to create it. So I went into the head of news at the time and pitched the idea for the weekend version of Ireland yes. AM. And they're like too expensive weekend crews, you know, really difficult. And it took took them about 12 months. About a year later, I got a phone call to say, look, we have looked at that. We've sorted budgets. We want you to come in and talk. <laughs> so that was my chance to not only get Could promoted. Could you believe it? Were you just like... I, I really couldn't believe it, actually. Um, and were you struggling within that year? Was it all a bit mad? Were yeah, you tired? It, was yeah, it was starting to get pretty manic. 
And for the first time in my life, I found myself having to say no to stuff. Yeah. Can't, sorry, can't to. do that. And you feel like you're letting them down, even though. And you also want to keep on the map. You're like, is this going to affect Absolutely. My, yeah. If I say no, someone else will get it and then she'll get all the stuff, you know. And so we, there's not enough space for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awful. So it is, you know, a consideration. Um, so, yeah, that's when we launched. It started out Saturday a.m., Sunday a.m. as two separate entities. Um and then it was merged into Weekend AM and then it became part of this umbrella, Ireland AM. So you stopped doing the weekday? Yes. How was that? to Saturday and Sunday. Um, Strange. It gave me more structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still doing a four-day week, so I think it was sure, Thursday to Sunday. Because you're, you're prepping yeah. and you're out filming for yeah. VTs as well. And then you're anchoring the shows at the weekends. But it was a way around me going from reporter to anchor. And, and suddenly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Having so to actually it was go, the perfect. I can't do this. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. So like the reporter role is for someone, I was going to say someone young. It's not someone young. It's someone that doesn't have. 100%. And, and a lot of commitments or, you know, they don't have to be somewhere to pick up children at a certain time. Because your job, like from being in a publisher and working media for years, I would totally agree with you. The anchor role is nice and everything, but it was always that role where you're out and about and doing things that is more interesting yes. to someone like me. I was and exciting. Like, That's a gorgeous gig. Yeah. Yeah. And so you pivot effectively to the weekend and then that, and then you pivot again. I mean, there's so much happened within your career. Yeah, it's been great. Um, there's times when I look back on it, like I, I left Virgin because I felt Ireland AM reporter. Had you had your third anchor. when you left? Yeah. Um, so I left a year and a half ago. Okay, yeah, of course. Um, so recent. So I kind of feel like, you know, we were given a target on the weekend show. We we double. I always feel like it's really um, conceited. No, it's really this. important to say <laughs> it. It's really important to say um, But, you know, we doubled the ratings targets. I feel like that show, you know, is, is very well established now. They asked us to take over Fridays as well. So we got the run of three live days. Mm-hmm you know, with this weekend crew, myself yeah. and Simon yeah. and, and Laura and Aidan. And it became a brilliant kind of family dynamic. Did you love it? Loved it. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's a nice crew as well. But That's also really nice other crew. opportunities were coming along. And, you know, I was in a virgin contract uh, and I couldn't say yes to everything. And a lot of change happened during COVID, like so many people, I suppose. Uh, my husband's family business was lost in the very early stages of COVID. And I think, you know, when a lot of shit stuff happens at once, you do get a bit of a kick up the, the arse. Do you know what I mean? But you also regroup. You have to. You do. And you go, OK, well, you're changing this and that's ballsy. Um, you know, maybe I should be looking at, you know, this brand that I've been thinking about for years. And I had all these tear sheets and logos and in handbags and drawers dotted around the house. And I thought, you know, there was no corporate gigs during lockdown. So I had more time. There was no emceeing. There was yeah. no the back glam. There was no None showbiz. Of that. Didn't have to be anywhere. Didn't have to turn up to show the face or, mm-hmm. you know, support some friend who was launching something or had written a book a or lot. whatever. There's a lot. There's a lot. And it was it was a quiet time. And, you know, as much as the homeschooling, you know, went pear-shaped on a daily basis, there was time for me to pull together this brand. And, and I, I kind of knuckled down and thought, you know what? Ben, my husband, uh, has lost this family business with a huge heritage and he's busy setting up something else and, you know, refocusing very quickly. 
And I need to do the bloody same. I need to be future proofing myself over here. But you you weren't in a grief stage of, but if I leave TV, is that it? Or if I, you weren't doing that yourself, because we do as women stay sometimes in things and we don't maybe change it up or transition because we're like, <gasps> fear. So are you a little bit of a risk taker, would you say? Or are you I'd a bit say more... I'm a calculated risk taker. All right, okay. So even when I went into Ireland AM as, as a presenter, you know, they had asked me to screen test for that because I worked in marketing, which is another podcast altogether. But I never knew that. So I studied marketing in college, like so many people but they who didn't know what they wanted you were to do. Articulate and glam and fat. Like I was what? in the middle of a of a marketing meeting at one stage, and and that girl Victoria, who I'd mentioned earlier on, um, said in front of like a whole management team in the boardroom, "Have you ever been screen tested for Ireland AM?" And I was like. No. Oh my God, this is so brilliant. And this is brilliant. I looked, I looked around, and I, I felt that real Irish thing of, oh my God, they think like I'm, I'll be really notionsy if I yeah. say yes. I'd love yeah. that. I'd love it. Whereas if that happened to me now, I, w- I would totally oh be like, God. oh my God, I'd love it though. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I said it to Ben later on, and I always say Ben has a different outlook to me in terms of he's, he's educated in different places around the world, and he has a wider view. He doesn't have an Irish notionsy thing going on, right? So I said it to him later on and I said, I obviously said no, like I was really embarrassed. And he was like, what? Why, why would you do that? Like, why would you just turn down an opportunity just like that? Just to look that, cool in a room. Just like. to, yeah, take the focus off mm. you. And I was like, Jesus, you're right. So I didn't go straight back to her. I, I went and did a night course on my own with my own money. So, so I would do my, my daytime job and then I would drive to Renla for this course, which I think still exists. It's the Bill Keating. I did it. We did all you? did it. I even lectured in it. There you I go. I tell you, we're all You're the How lecturer. Funny. Not anymore. Yes. No, but I remember going back and helping them with it. That is so funny. I loved that. Yeah, no, it was great. He's great. I, and it was presenting, and there was, producing. There was old heritage. Like there was a, like I remember having, I can't remember who I had now, but I know Marty Whelan lectured yeah. me. There was a few people who were involved. Mary Kennedy came in to yes. talk to us at some stage. Um, now I was doing kind of more of the production-y, like I'd go in for the chats on that, but yeah, no, brilliant. Yeah, I'm still waiting for them to call me back well, as, a, I did as a mentor. No, I, not necessarily <laughs> as a mentor, but I did continuity in RT for years with, um, Karina Grant and Nuala so it was more about the voice and go- and that stuff that yes. I wasn't being brought in to be TV presenter mentor but like it was a great place yeah brilliant and you know what it gave me regardless of the skills it gave me a certain confidence to go back to Victoria and that's what I mean by measured yeah, risks calculated boss. risks I, I, I did it for about 12 weeks and it just gave me the balls to go back and go do you know what Victoria I'm actually if, okay if I'm this. not too late to say yes to that opportunity it's so American, isn't it? I love you know, this. I would love to say yes to that opportunity if it still exists. But I love this. What's but, wrong with us? But what's wrong with me that I had to go off and do 12 weeks? I should have just said yes. You and and said now yes. that I'm older and a bit wiser and a bit ballsier. And also, like, I know how hard it is to get in front of the right people. Do you know what I mean? We've all had to hustle for gigs. So I think you you do get a bit ballsier as you get older. God, that's a great story. Who knew all of this? Yeah. <laughs> Marketing, like some gorge marketing gal comes in. Oh, this stop. is so brilliant. How did you leave? How did you break up with Virgin May? Or is that a whole different story? Like, how did you Not leave? Not really, to be honest with you, no. Um, I think people, I think you're people very say brave. to me I love if, you and I think you're very brave. Well, I, I launched the brand. I launched the brand. I got permission to launch it, just about. And I launched it and it started working very quickly. So the brand is Little but Bliss. But you've also got gorgeous women attached. Like, you also are very smart and you're... About, you've got a lovely cohort of women yeah am I correct yes yes absolutely are the face-ish like they're kind of ambassadors and I think that is really gorgeous about your brand it's not just fecked out at like 
like you've, you've again calculated what would work and who is going to wear this and who's going to it's a clothing brand isn't it it's, well, it's a, a clothing brand, brand. Yeah, yeah you know it is and I suppose people would have expected me to go off and do something glamorous because that's how they see though. you on the telly but actually you know that is such a tiny percentage of my life so you know if anyone sees me at the school gates I'm in runners you know hoodies sure, casual yeah and, and that's exactly what it is and I think during lockdown we started spending money on our casual clothes because I'm not sure about everyone else but I know I would have spent never mind the money but the time finding the right dress yeah. for the big wedding or the big occasion yeah. And you wear it once and it's never worn again and it just collects dust. And you can't totally. move it to the charity shop because you're like, I spent a fortune on that. Yeah. So I kind of started thinking, what's the point in that when suddenly on a Tuesday you meet everybody you know and you're Everyone wearing the crappy you. bally jumper totally. from, you know, something that you grabbed. So I started thinking, and I couldn't obviously have anticipated the world was about to go casual overnight. Um, you very strategic. No, I, Everyone's like, she knew. No, if, if only. You'd but, but they do. <laughs> they do say timing is everything in business, or certainly it's hugely important. And the timing was impeccable because I had this casual collection of gorgeous luxury hoodies and sweatshirts and, you know... And suddenly we all started spending money on the sweaty yes, Bettys and the Lulu. Suddenly stuff. 100 euro on a pair of leggings wasn't that That's shocking. All the time. There you go. And but but 10 years ago, if someone said to you, would you spend 100 euro on leggings? You'd be like, fuck oh, off. Spend it on the dress or the bag. Or the, yeah, 100%, exactly. Of course. That never gets worn, except yeah. you end up living in these leggings. So why wouldn't you? I don't even have leggings, by the way, so I'm not trying to sell them. Um, but but my point is, we started spending money on the stuff that we live in. And it made perfect sense to me. So I was like, if I'm going to develop anything, I'm going to develop something that people wear all the time, but make it a really good version of that. You know, so it is casual and it's ethical. But it's gorgeous. And it's, it's luxurious. Yeah. Tell us how many, what the pieces are that you have. You've got jumpers. And yeah, I'm wearing a jumper and the skirt now. So that's oh, part no of. I didn't know that was yeah, that's, that's part of the bliss edit. So it's a little bit more luxurious mm -hmm. um, and it's a little bit more dressy. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah, it's very, she, she well, you can't see her. Well, we'll have some social clips, but she's looking very. <laughs> she's looking very. Kate Middleton. She looks. I'm not sure what's she's coming. She's got here. the diamonds and the cashmere. You look just so beautiful. But oh, so I didn't Rebecca. know that was part of the. Uh, it That's is. Interesting. Yeah. So I always think if it doesn't belong in kind of a beach hut, mm. it should be in kind of a, a cottage or a winter okay. cottage yeah. or, you know, that's the vibe of, of, you know, the way they say news talk or I'm yeah, sure yeah. I'm sure you guys have a wall of who you're talking yes, to all the time. 100%. I'm always thinking it's, you know, it's women of the same age as me, yummy mummy types. You don't have to be a mummy, obviously. Um, that's just a term I'm using. But Sarah McGovern is one of the models that I use and she's just kind of epitomizes that casual luxury Chic. yeah you know she but jumps. without effort like it's effortless it's effortless except do you love it do you love it exactly <laughs> i know i'm like where'd you get your hair done it's where'd never you get effortless sarah's gorge where do you love it i love it uh i could work on on little bliss at one in the morning and not feel like it's work and that's you know but that, this isn't that your that main says all thing the right you things. do that and you do all your other bits like yeah. you do your mc and your corporate and you feel like you have a nice mix and balance or are you sad about the other or are you completely... No, so I have a, a show coming up in RTE, with RTE 1 in May, um, Hospital Live, um, which is uh, a show that we did last year live from James's. So we're going to do that again. And it's uh, every night, I think it's 7 p.m. live. Um, and it showcases incredible medical talent around Ireland. So... These are the kind of projects that I want to be doing now. Do you know what I mean? Something that, not necessarily, this that's a serious one, but it doesn't have to be serious, but something that people take something from. 
Do you know, whether it's escapism or yeah. a laugh yeah. or whether they actually learn something from it, do you know, there's some value in it. So I want to do TV, but I want to do kind of the right bits. The right bits, exactly. I don't want to be on a conveyor belt. This television. is why I wanted to have you on. I knew there was so much like there's <laughs> so you're so interesting. Um there's a lot to you. And I think we see so much. You're just, I would meet you things and you're always personable and warm. Like you weren't the one who was a bit kind of aloof and cold and a bit too cool. Like you were always that gal who didn't even know, but would know someone, would remember someone's name, which I think is super important in a very small industry, in a small city. And um, when people forget your name after three or four meetings, you're like, Strange. I know we I've all know those people times. where Why we have you... to give our name four yes. and five times and they still yeah. don't know and you've just not terrible. been and Lucy Kennedy's another who's just a dote and was always very supportive of others and always feels the space for everyone and what is your home like with the three boys? How do you find it? And are they very different peoples? Because obviously they are. Yeah home life is mad and it's busy but to be honest with you like you know even on days where Ben will say I'll get the kids out and you know, you switch off for a while. I never actually kick back. I I, I use it to do like, other things. Clean, yeah. clean the house. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? Or or work on one of my yeah. projects. You know, because I have the quiet time to do it, which you know I like. Um, or I might kick back with a glass of wine and watch Netflix, which is like the ultimate joy, isn't it? No, it is. Um, but there always feels like there's things Something. to do before you get there. Yeah. Um, ben jokes with me at home, going because he's he's very easily able to work very hard and switch off easily yes and when he switches off he's like opens the bottle of wine he's like will, will you have a glass and i'm like <laughs> the joke now in our house is will you stop wiping down counters and just enjoy the glass of wine because i always say to him i will in a minute i will in a minute yeah i, I feel like i need to tidy up empty so the dishwasher hard. wipe down counters and then when everything i'm making looks my okay, children ocd as a result i'm making my two girls clean stuff they take the baby i mean it's odd but we can't stop no and in my head I'm ticking all the boxes and then I'll enjoy the glass of wine so I am can't we just lie I am learning mess? to be more mm. like him as in he's put in a good day he's ready to switch off and if there's dishes all over the there's island no in the kitchen it doesn't really bloody it matter it doesn't matter yeah. you'll be there again tomorrow like. exactly do exactly. you see yourself in your boys I was speaking to Stephanie Prisoner about she was saying, why do you think it gets harder? And I said, because they start to become fully formed humans with their own opinions. And she was laughing at me. And I said, you think you're going to make two people that are combined from you and your husband and you'll go, yeah. oh, there she is out walking in the world with an arty vibe. And she likes this, this and this and the color red. And you're so stunned. And Stephanie was laughing at me. that, And she was like, well, of course. I'm like, no, but I couldn't believe how different they are to me. Is that all gas and kind of interesting? It is all gas and it's really entertaining and it's it's fascinating, mm, isn't it? To watch your children become their own person and that's exactly what you want. You don't want any kind of a mould of you or your husband really. You just want them to be them and, you know, do the best that they can do in, in their world and have fun and enjoy themselves. And that, that's, I marvel at it. I did have Reese recently in Ben's, so Ben and his siblings, when they lost their family business set up Collide which is a uh, great business an online nursery brand mm. yeah actually very fitting oh. in terms of this podcast Lydie, yeah. um, it should be Ben in here yeah. talking to you <laughs> he's not as interesting no, I promise I was going to say <laughs> I don't know I mean he sounds nice and all sometimes I say there, it's not paper word because no. he's like one word answers I know yeah um, like I think that's just a male thing though isn't it yeah or some of them but I got Reese, who's six in Kaleidi recently um, during the midterm. And I said to him, well, I do some little videos of you, you know, and you can talk us through the best boogies, yeah. or prams or whatever they're calling them now. Um, and 
Ben was like, what are you at now? And I was like, just let's see what he's like. So I gave him the name on the actual label of, you know, the upper baby cruise or whatever it was. And I said, and you just talk about the rest of us because I just wanted to see because he's really outgoing and really like super confident child without hopefully not being precocious. But I just sat back, filmed it and lolled to myself at how he had such confidence. Oh my God. Why? There was not one bit of... He was like, hi, I'm the online... Re- I'm ah. the new online reviewer for Collide. I was like, that's a great line. <laughs> so it was brilliant to watch it and Ben was just like... Reese would have been in the in the, the meeting with Victoria going, yes, I will screen Absolutely. Test. Just to say. He wouldn't have fannied Let about for 12 weeks. <laughs> he wouldn't have gone to Bill Geese. Reese is the future. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely to see the confidence, though. You just want them to have enough of it. You know? Yes, you just want them to be happy. Like it's all mad, all this bullshit. Like you just want your children to be happy. You do. You just want them to not be bullied in school and Absolutely. be happy and not and be, be a bully and be kind and yeah. all of the things. Like there's nothing much else really that you want from them. No, um, no, not at not all. Not kill each other is handy. Well, that's handy, although they do on a daily basis. But I think that's just boys being boys. To be honest, my house is wrecked, um, but I've gotten over the idea of living in a show house. In a perfe- it's not going to happen. Perfection. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do feel that a lot of people say to me, you know, older women will say, you'll really, really feel sad when that house is quiet in years to come, you know, and your skirting boards are perfectly, you know, painted and there isn't a scuff mark or a handprint on the walls. There's a sadness that comes with that. There's an emptiness that comes with that. And I've seen this video, I think it's on TikTok or Instagram. And it's so sad mm. of the no noise and no handprints. And, and I thought, oh, God, actually, you don't want to wish those years away either. Anna Daly, you are a light and a sunshine. And I knew I just knew what I was like. Got to get this woman in here. You're such an interesting woman. And oh, Rebecca. so much long live success. This is all going to be fantastic. Uh, whatever you touch. And uh, I hope those boys keep you busy and um, mind you, because my girls will not. Like girls oh. just bugger off. I don't know. I think girls mind you and boys oh, forget about know. you, but I hope I'm wrong. I They'll hope they all look you. after us. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. And if you did, it would be wonderful if you could subscribe to the podcast. This podcast with Anna Daly is sponsored by Caldecine. Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin and being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of Caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undesilinate. Always read the label.